Want the reward? Do the damn work. Challenge yourself. Inspire change. Choice, not luck. Hey everybody, what's happening? Hope everybody's doing well. Welcome to another edition of the Racing for Recovery podcast, Ignite Euphoria. And I have Mr. Mark with me today. Thank you. Do you have Do you have any idea what I'm going to start with today? Uh, no, I don't. You're I've got a, a lot. terrible salesman. <laughs> <laughs> right off the bat. Right off the bat. And we were going to turn that into some productivity. But talk about why I called you a terrible salesman, and we will build from there. What was going on that day? Well, I was in the cardio room, mm-hmm. if you recall, and just got finished with uh, a workout. And uh, it, it, it really was uh, strange that day because... Normally, I start my workouts early in the morning, and that particular day, I just had a lot going on. So it's one of those days where I thought, well, you know what? I'm just going to blow off the workout today and uh, start one up next thing in the morning. So sitting around, got all my stuff done for the day, and I thought, now I got to get over and run. So I did. And as I'm finishing up, who comes walking in the room to take some stuff out to the dumpster is yourself. And I thought I'd be a nice guy and maybe offer some help, as I did. And uh, so I, I, I do remember it like it was yesterday. I asked you if you had about five minutes of time. And, and uh, I thought, you know, at that particular time, it might be good for me to get back into the work field. And uh, as I brought it up to you. Uh, we started talking and I really thought I was ready to get back to work. And, uh, as you quickly pointed out to me, um, some of the thoughts you really, what I liked about it was you threw it back onto my plate, Hmm. made me think about it. And certain examples that you threw back to me, uh, I was really speechless. And for me to be speechless is a rare, rare thing. But not only was I speechless, but I got really, really pissed off. And what you said to me, I wasn't expecting at all. To the point where after we finished our conversation, I left and like I said, I drive to and from the suites. And I was so pissed off that when I left the building, I walked right by my car, right down the road, got to the suites and thought, I forgot my car. Had to walk back. That's how out of mind I was at that particular time. Because I was, wasn't, ready for the response you gave me and not only that i didn't like it so i came back got my car and i went back sat in my room and sulked for about three four hours and i remember calling my son and telling him and my son who is a salesman sat and just listened to me 
And he said, Dad, did you understand what he said to you? And I said, no, I didn't. I, I wasn't, I was listening, but I wasn't hearing him. And he said, well, hang up, call me back in two hours and think what he said to you. So I did. And, and I actually caught him the next day. And it finally hit me what you were saying to me, that I wasn't ready to go out in the work field. I wasn't, um, physically, I was, I was sound. But I wasn't here because of my physical health. I was here for my mental side of things. And, you know, that's the scary thing about uh, what I was going through. I had convinced myself I was ready to go out, and I just wasn't. And when that finally hit me, and I started talking to some other people here, one, Eric Donati, uh, Emily, and started throwing that, and they said the same thing. Listen to what he's saying and, and hear it. And I did. And uh, I thought, well, you know, I've been here this long. What's another few months going to hurt me? And all that's done for me right now is put me on a different level. And here I am still. Dude, this is, uh, I know we use that story and there's a lot of laughter in there, but my God, is this going to be a good podcast today? Because um, I've been fortunate enough to be around a lot of successful people like yourself. Um, and some of the, uh, I don't want to call them lessons, some of the beneficial experiences that I've been privileged to see people go through. And there's been a lot of them. But this whole thing with that, you're a crappy salesman, and which in reality you're not. But that was one of the most, uh, that was one of the most profound things I think I've ever been involved in around here. And that's making a big statement because, A, you're right, I was taking the trash out because nothing is beneath me to do around here. Right. Um, I normally don't do that at that time of day. You said you weren't, you missed your normal routine. You forced yourself to get up and do something that you were going to blow off. If you start thinking about really all the things that line up, and that's the, I don't want to freak anybody out, the godly thing or mm -hmm. the spiritual part of Racing for Recovery, it all lined up to be in there. So we're going to keep rolling with this for a second, Mark. Can you, do you recall how, how long you had been sober at that time? Probably seven to eight months. Yep. And give as or a, take. We've talked about, I need to put some of this more out there in the community, what we're doing, but the four quarters of sobriety, right? And there's that zero to three months, the, the, the four to six the six to nine and the nine to 12 that make up a year that really puts people on another level of sustaining sobriety. But what I've seen a lot from successful people like your successful males like yourself, that time frame is really where people start looking at, man, I've been here for six months. I'm a father. I got to do, which is a normal feeling to have, but having humility enough to take and I don't tell people what to do. I just flipped the whole thing around and I was selling you. Absolutely. Because I, I didn't want to be a salesman when I was a drug rep, but I'm selling a life here. And all I was doing was taking those salesman attributes 
and turning around and selling you that you then took your awesome ability as a salesman and listened, which makes a great salesman and applied it to yourself. So let's talk about how, because you are that awesome salesman and you listened that day, what that really has done for you these past eight, nine months or whatever that you've been here now that have put you in a whole other level of sobriety. You said it. What makes a great salesperson is not what they're saying, but what they're hearing, what they're listening. Uh, I've trained a lot of salespeople over the years, and my first rule is go in, sit, and listen. <laughs> Don't say a word. By saying nothing, you'll hear everything you want to hear because that person across from you is just going to start opening up, and they're going to tell you anything and everything you want to hear. Let them tell you. And that was kind of the attitude that I when I – that hit me, which really started helping me here because, you know, you and, I, you and I have talked about this. I was coming to racing for two weeks. It was two weeks, and I told my kids, I said, all right, to appease you, I'll come in two weeks, and I'll be gone. Told my employer, I'll see you in two weeks. I remember making the call to my kids saying, I'm going to give it another two weeks. I'm going to make it a full month. I just got to convince my employer to let me do that. Called them. They said, do it. And I was almost like, oh, all right. So I'm going to do another two weeks. After a month, and it was really the second two weeks that I was here. And I didn't say much in group. I was listening in group. And listening and hearing what everybody had to say is what, convince me not only did I have an issue did I have a problem but to stay here and figure this thing out because that's when my eyes and my mind really opened up is I was fortunate that I had a great IOP leader in Emily that the way she presented the way she ran her group was, for me, I guess the best thing I can come up with is captivating. It, she just, oh. she, she made me come back tomorrow. And, uh, and that was just from listening. And it wasn't just from listening to her, but like I said, listening to other people in my group. When I had something to say, I'd say it. And that's the way I am now. I don't talk just to talk. Uh, I would rather listen and learn from people than try to talk and, and, and try to convince people how smart I am because <laughs> I don't have those words. <laughs> you know? I, can, I can rather, you know, I, I would rather listen and learn than talk. <laughs> uh, so it, 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 you hit it, you know, Listen, listen to people, listen to what they're saying, and you're going to learn anything you want to learn, you know. What have you learned about yourself? <laughs> uh, I am a good person. I am a good person, and I, I lost that uh, in the last five, seven, eight years. Uh, I, I, I lost a lot of things, and, and that was the main thing. 
in the last year, I found out I am a good person. I am a good father. I am a good friend. I'm a good brother. Uh, I learned that I don't have to be this larger-than-life person to be a good person. I can just be me. I can just show up somewhere and just be me, lead by example. Describe how that feels to say that right now. It's kind of taking the breath away from me. It's the way I was raised. Uh, Keep your mouth shut and do the right thing. And people will follow you. And, and, and that's the way my dad was, a uh, great man, didn't say a lot, but you never heard anybody say a bad thing about him. Everybody loved the man. And it was just because of what he did and how he acted, it was his character. And, you know, with all the coaches I've had over my lifetime, uh, teammates I've had, there's nobody who inspired me more than... Uh, my dad. Wow. So I always try to carry that with me, you know. And and I think that is a big thing. I, I think about him a lot, especially over this last year. Hmm. Uh, I know he'd be uh, really proud, really, really proud. Dude, this is good. You... Um... <clears throat> You ran the uh, the 5K again, right? You I did. did. You, did, you, did you, ah, did you do the 10 this year? I did not. Uh, my daughter was going to run with me, but at the last minute she she backed out. So uh, I ran the five, and, and I kind of broke it down. I started running with a lot of people that were out running for the first time. And What uh, was the difference of running it last year versus this year? Night and day, night and day, because there again, last year I came in here in September Mm -hmm. at 240 pounds. Wow. And uh, as of right now, I'm 190. So just dropping that 40 pounds. That's, uh, That's 50, Mark, right? Well, I'm sorry. I came in here at 230 pounds. Okay. I dropped 40 pounds. So I came in here at 230 pounds. I'm just trying to make sure I didn't fry myself from all no, those drugs, right? Okay. Uh, 40 pounds. 40 pounds. It's a I lot dropped. of weight. Yeah, it's a lot of weight. Yes, it is. And and that was done a couple different ways. And uh, one, obviously, running, uh, working out, Pilates, yoga. Uh, matter of fact, at this time last year, I was calling your daughter the the the, the woman from hell because <laughs> I got into Pilates yeah. and I couldn't even spell Pilates at that time. And I'm thinking, what is this? You know, I mean, I've played football and basketball and baseball all my life, and I got into Pilates and I thought this this is insane. And then we do the hot room. Yeah. And I remember the first time driving over to the hot room, it took me 20 minutes to drive over there. 
took me about 45, 50 minutes to drive home because <laughs> I was lost almost. It was, it was unbelievable. And, and, but yeah, to get back to your question, uh, then I got into running. So when I did the uh, 5K last year, I was 230 pounds. My goal was just to finish it. Mm-hmm. And, and I did. And I thought I was going to die. I really did. I mean, it was the longest, hardest thing I ever did. And uh, this year, I mean, I, I, I can go out. I've done two 5Ks in a day hmm. here in the last six months. I don't like to do that. But, I mean, it, the point being is a 5K is nothing for me right, right. now. It's just it's, it's, a, it's a breeze. And so that was my thing. You know, this, this week or this past race on Saturday, I just wanted to run with some people who were struggling or just wanted to finish the race, like me last year. I had a couple people with me last year who stopped their race to run with me, to make sure I was okay, to make sure. And at that time, I I thought, you know, this is insane. So that next day, that next Sunday, I got up and I ran. I ran the loop here. Beautiful. And it, it... it just it just started to kick in. So, boy, there's a lot to cover. I uh, you mentioned a couple things. So I'm glad you did because it'll give us more stuff to talk about. Let's do uh, let's do the more of the running stuff, you know, because you know, racing for recovery is all about running. That's the only thing we believe <laughs> yeah, in here. Right. But you are going to run a half marathon coming up, right? Which uh, the Churchills? No, I was I was signed up for uh, one down in Tennessee, back in July, with my nephew. My nephew's a, a runner, so we had he had signed me up for a half marathon. What he didn't tell me was when we got down there, he had to be vaccinated. Oh, so my brother and I, his son. We make a trip. We plan a trip down to Tennessee for this run in Gatlinburg. Get down there, and it's on a Saturday morning. And we're sitting around, and my nephew just looks over me real casual and says, well, you've been vaccinated, right? And I said, no. And he said, now this is 9 o'clock on a Friday night. Had to be vaccinated to run this race with proof. And I'm like, no. So we did. We showed up, and they won't let me run it. We're gonna let that subject. Yeah, we're go. gonna let That's that go for. Yeah, we're gonna good. do that. But are you are you going to run one in the I, Churchill's I, is coming up? Is right? it? Yeah, I I think it is, and I'm gonna give it my best. I've got some aches and pains right now. Not that I'm using excuses, but uh, that is my goal: is just to get a half in me. Yeah. You will. And, uh, you know, I, 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 uh, it's something that there again, what this place has done, it's, it's not about running the 13 miles. Mm -hmm. It's about the idea of doing it. And for me, that never would have crossed my mind a year ago. It just, just a, a, you know, a 5K went across my mind a year ago. And so now with the where, where my mind thought is to think about doing something like that is, and when I tell people like that, 
you know, that I'm thinking about doing that? Did they just look at me and the first thing is why? It's because I can. Beautiful answer. I can right now. A year ago when I was younger, I couldn't. And now here I am a year older, I'm going to try it. You're going to do it. How, let's go back to the Pilates thing, you know, because, and I do, uh, I have a ton of respect for you for doing those as consistently as you have. I, that, that's my daughter, you know, and I'm very proud of her. She works very hard at doing that. I've done her class a few times. It is tough. And every time I've been in there, you've been in there. And I've, I've watched you, and I see the benefits of what that has done, not only physically for you, but mentally, emotionally, dare I say spiritually, uh, volunteer-wise. It's done a great deal for you. Can you talk about how being in that class, what that's done for you on those levels that has carried you over to now being um, – facilitating our support group meetings, which you're doing a phenomenal job at. You're working at getting your CDCA to eventually be our first ever salesman here. Um, how has doing that class and specifically something new with yoga, how's that helped you to start doing all these other things that you're successfully doing? It, it one, it's, again, I'll go back to, uh, you know, I look forward to waking up in the morning. I can do my workouts any time of the day. I love getting up in the morning early. I set my alarm for 5 a.m., uh, drive every one of my roommates crazy. They say, well, why are you getting up at 5 a.m.? Because I can. The day started. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll get a cup of coffee in me, and, and I'm over here. And one of the reasons I come over here so early is the social end of it. Yeah. I can come over here and BS with people. Uh, I love being in the facility, just being part of it. But there, there's not a better high than when you finish a workout. When, when I finish a run, there's not a better high in the world. Mm -hmm. I've never experienced a better high. Mm -hmm. I've done multiple 5K races around town. And, and, you know, I'll, I'll run usually five days a week. I'll go to a park, one of the metro parks. I'll do three to four miles. I always time myself. And my times are never as good as when they are in a race. Hmm. When I'm competing then. You know, I try to go out and uh, run a 5K as hard as I can. And it's okay, you know, for me. But then when I'm in a, in a 5K race, when I'm competing, it's completely different. And I've always had better times. So I guess what it is, it's more of a mental thing for me. It's a mental workout. When I can get out and, and, and run, and I like to run by myself. There's a couple guys that I'll get out and run with, but I wanna get out and it's more of a mental thing for me uh, to get out and, 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 it, and it's not one thing I'm thinking about. It's not that I'm going out and thinking about staying sober or it's not something I'm going out and thinking about my kids. It's whatever pops in my mind, but it's free. And I'm out doing it. I'm out running. How, what's it like to take that? And I don't know how long you've been facilitating, but it's been a while 
Talk about your role now as a facilitator, not only for the men's meeting, but for running Thursday nights as well, which again, I'm, I'm thankful for, and you've been doing an amazing job with it. What's that well, been thank like? Thank you. It's, it's been awesome. It's, it's, it's something I hesitated at. You know, when Emily approached me about doing it, uh, I thought, what can I bring to the table? Uh, and I remember sitting down with her and, and really asking her, you know, before yeah, I was preparing for my first one. And I said, where do you come up with your ideas? What do you do? And the first thing she did was pull the Cleveland book out. And she kind of just flicked through it and she went, here. So I thought, well, there's got to be a, a, a better way. And I remember sitting there, you know, preparing for it, you know, losing my mind over, okay, what's a subject that I can bring that it's going gonna, it's gonna to bring some value to the meeting? And I remember picking up the Cleveland book, and just I thought, what the heck? So I, I just did it, and I hit it, and there, you know, was my first subject. But I was overthinking it. And that's what, you know, I never really had any of, was in any of your IOP groups up until really just a couple months ago when you filled in for a few. And what I loved how you do your groups is I know you have an agenda, but you open it up to everybody immediately. And after your first group that your first group that I was in, two days later, I was running the men's group, and I had the, uh, it all planned out. But I thought, you know what, I'm going to try something here. So when we started, when we opened it up, I just I just kind of threw it out there to everybody, and it was to this day one of the better groups I had, because I brought something that I let the group. I let them bring it to me almost, and then I could def- deflect it back to them. This is, we'll go back to salesmen. God, that term just freaks me out because it's never what I wanted to do, right? But I think of that. If I'm selling you, you're, you come into, you know, Todd's car lot, I'm not going to walk up to you and start selling you on a Ford Pinto. You know, you may want that, but that's, that's a... That's like winning the lottery with that. You know, wow, you do want the Ford Pinto? Okay, let's do the paperwork. Come in and say, hey, man, nice to meet you. What kind of car are you looking at? That's how I looked at those meetings. It's not so much what I had in my mind. It's like, what does the customer want, right? And even the, the uh, maybe this is where I need to get a better job of actually training people, I guess. Um, I may or may not ask you about that. But the support group meetings, when I'm running in there, I listen to everybody, what they're saying. Yeah. Why are, you know, what's your name and why are you here tonight? I'm here for support. I'll write support down or I'm here because I want to learn. I write that down. Then I will base the meeting off of what people wanted. If the topic that I may or may not have had ready is applicable to some of that stuff, you just roll right within it. But if not, give the people what they want. I think that's the best most effective way to do anything in here is what what do I have? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Read your room, then start selling and filling that in. And again, this goes back to that you're a shitty salesman <laughs> thing. It's the same it's so to be able to take something like that and and 
listen, I listened to you. You are, an, you are an awesome salesman, and I just use what people give me to have it turn back on them. It's, it's very simple. Right. And, and that's, again, going back to some of, you know, when I would train people, I, you know, I'd tell people, you know, don't, don't oversell this. Don't oversell yourself. Be who you are because people can read you like a book. And if they're reading the wrong thing, they're not going to buy anything from you. You know, you, you may not know your product entirely through and through, but if you come off as a good person, because people buy from people, they don't buy, you know, like I said, I, you know, I was in the transportation business, so I, I sold trucking. I, I'd go into companies and, and, and convince them to call us when they had a shipment going out. Well, there's thousands of trucking companies out there and everybody's pricing is just about the same. So they're going to buy from me. I, I've got, usually I'd go into an appointment and I'd have five, maybe 10 minutes to talk to this person. Hmm. I better use those five, 10 minutes effectively. And it's not, they don't want to hear everything about trucking company. They want to know if when they call me, if their product's going to be picked up. And most times, it's not even how much. Can you get it picked up? And if they call me directly, I won them over. And I always tell people, I say, you know, people say, well, I can't sell. I can't sell. You sell yourself every day. As soon as you get out of bed in the morning and you see that first person, you're selling yourself. Doesn't mean you're a good salesperson, you know, but you're selling yourself and you don't even know it. And so when, that's why I said, you know, I, that's the only thing I've ever known how to do. I couldn't tell you the difference between a hammer and a screwdriver. Matter of fact, I've used a screwdriver for a hammer many times. <laughs> but I know that if you treat people the right way, people are going to buy from you. And if you lead people the right way, people are going to follow you. And it's not that hard. It's not. So we've been talking uh, about 25 minutes. What is one subject we haven't even covered yet, which goes, which validates what Racing for Recovery does and what we don't do? What haven't we talked about? We haven't talked about sobriety. Or, or, or yes, or <laughs> how much booze you drank. Well, the, we, we, we may need another 25 minutes for that. <laughs> so how about we do this? Why don't you, and you, you alluded to it when you got emotional with your dad, and as everybody knows that comes to Racing for Recovery, it's the emotional issues that lead to people drinking. Um, is there anything you want to talk about that led you to come to seek help at Racing for Recovery that somebody needs to hear? Why did you come here, I guess, is what I'm asking you. Well, you know, I, I alluded in, uh, before that, uh, I had a problem for years and probably deep down I knew I did, but you know, I lost a 20 year marriage over it and continued on wow. uh, to of the greatest kids uh, anybody could ask for. And when my daughter, 21 year old daughter called me up and said, dad, we need to talk. I said, uh, great, come on over, come on over. 
And she said, okay. So her and her brother, my son, came over. And when I hung up the phone with her, I called her right back. And I said, hey, you know what? I don't have anything here to eat, so we're going to have to go get something to eat. And she said, yeah, okay. So she said, they'll be over in 15 minutes. I thought, great, you know, open up another beer and wait on them. Yeah, I did. I'm sitting out in the backyard. And they come over, and she's carrying her laptop with her. And she says, can we talk inside? And I'm thinking, well, sure. But I'm getting pretty hungry. Hmm. And she comes in. They both sit down, and, and she sits down right next to me. And she says, uh, we need to talk. And, and I said, uh, well, go ahead and talk. She, we, we think you need help. And I said, for what? Wow. For what? And, and she said, well, you know, you're drinking. We've just had enough. And right then and there, my blood pressure went. I thought my head was going to explode. I mean, I can remember like it was yesterday. And I'm like, who do you think you are to sit here and tell me that I've got a drinking problem? Did you say that? No, I was thinking Oh, it. you're thinking it. Okay. Wow. And I was, I was biting my lip because it was, one, my daughter sitting there. And I, I, it, it, was, it was everything in me to not just let loose. But I thought, no, I can't do that. So I said, listen, I'll just stop. I'll just stop drinking. It's easy. I've done it a hundred times. I'll just stop. And she said, uh, she said, no, we, we think you need to go somewhere. I said, well, I can't go somewhere. Uh, I've got a job. She said, well, that's too bad. You, you need help. And I'm, and I'm just getting madder and madder. I mean, I'm boiling inside. She opens up her laptop and has got three places already pulled up. She's already researched this. And uh, I'm like, no, I'm not going anywhere. I can't take the time off work. I'm not, no. So long story short, after probably 40, 45 minutes, when she throws this one out at me, she looks at me and says, Dad, Someday I want you to walk me down the aisle, not him, pointing at her brother. Now, you want to talk about a punch in the face. That kind of stopped me dead. And I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you an answer by noon tomorrow. And that was that. So they got up and left. And, and I was, I was pissed off. I was mad. Who are they, my kids to come to me and tell me that I have a problem? And so I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just pissed off. And, uh, I went to bed that night 
And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about it and thinking about it. And I text her back about midnight. And I said, okay, I'll do it. But I'm going for two weeks. And that's it. And she said, great. Wow. Did you, is, sorry. No, no, go is ahead. Is that where you, you found or you looked at us? Like what was appealing about us that you're like, I'm going there? Uh, everything that I saw that you, you do here. Uh, I was familiar a little bit of your background. Uh, I knew a guy who was here before, and uh, so I, all right, I'll come in for two weeks. Somebody will wave a magic wand over my head, and I'll come out, and I'll, I'll be good. And like I said, I truly thought I was going to be here for two weeks and, and gone. And, you know, my, my kids and I have always had a close relationship, you know. Uh, but if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here. They ran, your daughters ran the first 5K with you, correct? Yes, my daughter and son. How, when I asked you that earlier about the difference between the two years do you rec talk about specifically the feelings of being with them and finishing? Because I, I was there for that. And how the relationship is today with them because of the consistency you've put into this. It, it, like I said, it was always very good. You know, my son and I have always had a strong, strong relationship. But he saw it too. But he's my son. He he wasn't gonna step on my toes or or you know I just I think that's a tough thing for a son to approach your dad on something like that. My daughter, on the other hand, who uh, is something else, <laughs> to say the least, she's gonna say say it how it is. And if you don't like it, that's the way it goes. And uh, uh, thank God. Thank God. Because <laughs> she calls me every morning. Once or twice a day. As they both do. Uh, and just let me know how proud they are of me. And, you know, if you want to, you know, there's a lot of crazy, stupid things I've done in this lifetime. Two of the greatest things that I have done is my two kids. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, like I said, I, I, I threw away a 20-year marriage to one of the kindest sweetest women in the world who just couldn't put up with it anymore just couldn't do it and uh but my kids have never never and that's where i i got to that point where i said you know i've done some dumb things 
this is something I'm not going to do is screw up this. That's beautiful. And uh, we, I don't think we could be closer at this point. Again, I, I've said this, I think, every podcast, at some point, the concept of including the families in this program, which I'm proud to say we are the first to ever do that, along with being oh. the first to live stream that, that was the best decision I ever made with respect to this. The I, best. I, I couldn't agree more because, and I hear that out there yep. all the time. And when I have done some of the groups, and when one of the people in group the other day, last Thursday, invited his mother, and she spoke, was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Had everybody on the verge of tears. And what she probably didn't know is what she did to me. To me who she's never seen, mm -hmm. never talked to, probably never will. I'm sitting on the other side of the room, and what that mother did for me is incredible. I, I agree with you 100%. I, to have both sides represented in one unique format like those meetings are for us, it's great. I mean, you and I could sit here and talk about the booze and all that stuff. Yeah, 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 I did that too and all that. But when you hear the impact of not only the addiction part of what the families endured, but more importantly, or just as importantly, the recovery aspect of it, what it does for them then, it's like, wow, what a gift. Well, a and gift. I'll even go a step further, you know, going on that, because what I did to a family, and and, yeah. and it doesn't, it's, it, it, it goes deeper than just the immediate yes. side of the family. It, it goes uh, further. And, and, and not only that, but I've lost some friendships over it. Mm -hmm. And when you do try to go back and apologize to those people, sit down and talk with those people, and, and, and you know people that you've been friends with for years uh you still hurt them and it's something you can't take back and you can't forget and it's it's they will tell you to your face that hey it's everything's fine everything's good but it's still there for me i did this or i said that they're saying it's okay but i can't forget it yep. so it's a scar for me and is it something I learned from? Yeah, I have, but it's still there. What do you, uh, what do you see yourself doing? I know we've talked about you being our first salesman and stuff, and it's interesting, and I'm, that's why I'm asking you this question. <clears throat> we talked about that uh, Three months ago, maybe you did some great things with respect to the, you know, the city paper and having us get some new coverage in that, uh, which I appreciate, by the way. Um, I'm sure you've been a little bit like, well, when's this going to happen or whatever? What talk about where? I guess I can use the cla classic cliche word of patience, where this is the patience of not having it right away. How that's actually making it better. What you'll eventually do with us. 
I've been meaning to ask you that for a while, by the way. Well, first and foremost, I look at the opportunity that's there. And if, if I can, I'll, I'll go back to uh, something I learned in IOP. All my life, people have said to me, you, you, you have to find your passion. Mm-hmm. You have to find your passion. I've had coaches. I've had teachers. I've had family m- members say, you got to find a passion. For 40 years, I've looked for a passion. I, I, I didn't know what a passion was because I, I thought everybody says it will find you. Well, you know, I've been waiting for it. <laughs> and so as, as, as strange as it may sound, so sitting in IOP and Emily plays the movie Soul. And it's about a music teacher finding his passion. That Disney animated movie hit me so hard that I remember, and I still have the text messages, that I I text Emily afterwards, and I said, here it is again, passion. Where is it? How do I find it? It was a week later, you called me in and presented this opportunity. And I thought, how crazy is this? I can stay in sales and marketing and yet be around here and give back. I can actually literally help people. And I remember on the Saturday night, we had the family night here, and you asked me, has Dan talked to you yet? Well, we all know what happens if Dan wants to talk to you. <laughs> I'm thinking, I looked at you and I thought, this couldn't wait until Monday. <laughs> but it was, and I said, no. I said, I, I haven't talked to Dan. And he said, well, he wants to talk to you tonight. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, what did I do? Hmm. So Dan calls me aside that night, and we went into his office, and we talked about it. And there again, I was so taken aback that after I left his office that an opportunity like this and it's there it was it's like what Emily said it's something that will fall into you and here it just happened this is again another thing with racing for recovery that I I admire a lot and I'm you know there could be somebody out there going well what what are they doing trying to have people work for them while they're receiving services the answer to that is no uh but it is about listening to somebody, watching, listening to somebody that says, hey, I, have a, I love to paint, you know, and Dan saying, well, why don't you start your own painting company, which we've had two success stories that have done that, that have painted the heck out of this building. Somebody that wanted, that had a passion for training dogs that was just on a podcast last week that is now doing, that's our job, is to listen to what somebody wants, help them heal, that they can do what they want to find life's purpose and then have that be of service to other people when that opportunity presents itself. Um, do we have clients working here doing stuff? No. Do we provide services for people that when they're utilized consistently, when those services are done, opportunities to actually have a job present themselves? And they do. And that's what people, some, not everybody, some people like yourself and Eric, 
Emily, Matt, Dan, all these other, Jessica, all these other success stories have done the right way and look what they're doing today. And your path is just following right along with that. Yeah. It's it, a beautiful thing. It, it absolutely is. And, and when I'm out and about at, whether it's a social event, whether it's a sporting event, whether it's, and people see me who haven't seen me in over a year, uh, they say, well, what happened? And then I start talking about racing for recovery. Yeah. And it's not that I purposely do. They ask me, what happened? That's right. And I tell them, and the next thing you know, it's 20 minutes later. And they're looking at me in disbelief because I'm everything that I'm going on and on and on about. And I'm perfect example because, you know, I've dropped the weight. I'm in shape uh, physically and mentally. Uh, I'm not out there drinking and, and carrying on and being a loud mouth and being a jerk. And, and I'm, I'm out there as a respectful human being and I'm back in society. I can drive home at 12 midnight, as I did watching football games the other night. Saturday night, driving home 12 midnight, just I'm looking through my windshield instead of looking in my rearview mirrors thinking who's behind me, yeah. you know. And I'm like, I didn't do this a year ago. And as much as I hate to say it, I was behind a wheel. Hmm. But I'm not looking through the windshield i'm looking in my rearview mirror seeing who's coming up behind me let's talk about this and then we'll wrap up where are you with your nutrition what has racing for recovery helped you with with respect to that huge another thing that i would never think i was doing now am i am i vegan uh no am i eating right hundred percent different uh yeah you know i i always say that monday through friday afternoon i'm pretty much vegan mm -hmm. <laughs> and then come the weekend you know i'm because i'm going somewhere i'm either going over to a brother's house i'm going over to a friend's house and uh but it's uh unbelievable the the difference in my diet you know very very little sugar uh everything is health uh you know i i plan it that way uh it's and the <clears throat> i remember you saying the one time the difference you'll feel and there's there's it's it's really undescribable it, it really, truly is uh, the way I feel uh, <clears throat> and, and literally can feel it, you know. Uh, <clears throat> and I can tell, say this, it, you know, usually on a Sunday, I'm over at my brother's. He cooks up big meals. And I'll go over there and, and I'll sit there and, and uh, eat over there. And I, the difference in a Monday morning workout opposed to a Tuesday through a Friday workout is night and day just from what I've eaten and the what my thing was always uh and I don't cook uh I just I, you know I can put things together but 
<clears throat> the thing is, you know, when people say, well, you know, it's not healthy for you. If the way I feel is not healthy, I'll take it all day long, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, it's, it, it, you just feel better. You got the energy, you've got the, uh, you're not sluggish. You're not, after I eat, I don't, I don't need to take a nap. One thing I do, <clears throat> I still do it to this day. Anything that I'm going to do, I ask myself, how is this going to help me be who I want to be? And if not only you ask that question, but if you wait a second, you'll get your answer. And then it comes down to our favorite word. It's choice and what you're going to do. And that's applicable to exercise, people, movies, food, spirituality, whatever. You know, I didn't change my eating habits until it's almost been six years, you know, and I was sober for quite a, quite a while at that point. But when I did finally make that 100% commitment to eating plants all the time, it just gave me a whole other gear, not just physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you know, um, and we don't, it's like anything. We don't push whatever we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're just constantly offering things that are like, hey, you might want to look at this. Hey, you might want to look at this. But I love how you said that my Monday morning workouts, after not doing it like I do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I feel different. And I'm like, there's your answer. It, it, it's, you know, I've, I've always used the analogy that, you know, if you buy a Porsche, are you going to put regular gasoline in that? Porsche, or are you going to put the high octane in there and, and try, try it sometime and see the difference in performance. And, you know, I've never really considered myself a Porsche, but maybe a Jaguar, you are, you know, you are, dude, is there anything you want to say? Any final words you want to say to the millions of people that are watching, You, you know, for anybody out there who, who, who needs help, who needs help, if you don't at least come here and give it, give yourself the opportunity to live, uh, you're, 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 you're hurting yourself. You're, you're just hurting yourself. You, I've never been a part and probably never, ever will be a part of a place that will give you your life back if you want it. And the beauty of the place is it's all about choices. Beautifully it, said. It, it's it's choices and and it's and you said it. Nobody's standing above you 24/7. You know, telling you you have to do this, mm-hmm. you have to do that. It's choices. We get to do this. We get to do it. We get to do it. Mark, it's been a pleasure having you on. No, thank you. I, I, I I'm, couldn't be more grateful for the opportunity uh, of Racing for Recovery, for what you've done, what you're doing, and hopefully you just keep doing it. Right on. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. If you or a loved one is battling not only drugs or alcohol, but any form of self-destruction, get a hold of Racing for Recovery. Share this podcast. Tune into our live streams every Thursday night at 630 on our YouTube or Facebook page. Until next time, have an awesome day.